0: LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tim Dillon Show. Real fun episode. Jeff Garland, star of Curb Your Enthusiasm, will be joining us later on in the broadcast Great to talk to Jeff. Big fan of Curb, which you uh, you hate that show. No, 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 no. I like that you, show a you lot. Hate mm-hmm. You hate it. You hate it. And you hate Larry David and you hate Jerry Seinfeld and you hate everything. You're the one who hates. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. Ben loves the show. Mm-hmm. Nothing not to love. We just thought we saw a brown recluse spider mm-hmm. uh, outside of my home. Get the photo up. That I posted, and it's not a brown recluse. It is a southern house spider. But we didn't know. We didn't know. Common mistake. Common mistake. And, of course, you put something like that up on Twitter. And, uh, you know, I don't know why when I do something like that, I think I'm going to get, like, an entomologist who's like, actually, it's just people responding, you're a fat recluse. (laughs) And I'm like, that's not particularly helpful in this situation. But it is a male Cuculcania. Kuh, Kuh, it is a southern house spider. Thank you, someone in a Facebook spider group with emotional problems. <laughs> just just classifying spiders anytime, day or night. Just a happy person. A lot of people, you know, they're all, these brown recluse spiders are all over Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. And it is a big, you know, thing. There was actually a big lawsuit because a guy, a caretaker at an Airbnb was bit by a brown recluse, spent 75 days in a hospital, uh, spent $600,000 on medical expenses. It wound all the way up. uh, The case went to the Texas Supreme Court. And then eventually they sided with the homeowner. Let's take a listen.
2: This is the news? Okay.
1: Let's take a listen. It's the spider bite lawsuit. Why am I leaving here? I don't know. It's the lawsuit about the spider bite that went to the Supreme Court.
3: Lengthy legal battle. Spider bite in the Hill Country has turned into a lengthy legal battle between two men. Look
1: at this the guy. Can we get out of here, cases- please? Keep. Look at this. I mean... This guy, he likes spiders to bite him. He can only come if spiders are biting him. He has a hooker, take a brown recluse, and, and it bites him. And that's how he can come. All right, anyway, continue this. I'm sure he's a lovely man.
3: The Supreme Court. KXAN's Alex Capriello shows us why this case has been so hard for the courts to resolve. And we want to warn you, some of the images you are about to see may be considered graphic.
0: It was a cold day in December. <laughs> 65-year-old Henry McCall, a caretaker at an Airbnb property in Fredericksburg, reached okay. under the sink. Please start.
1: Fix- this is like they're see, shooting it maybe. to be, like, like very dramatic. Mm-hmm. He's like, some of the images are disturbing because they're of poor people. Now, some I want to give you fair warning. Some of the images are disturbing because they are of people who clean houses
0: for a living
3: considered graphic.
0: It was a cold day in December.
3: <laughs>
0: 65-year-old Henry McCall, a caretaker at an Airbnb property in Fredericksburg, reached Stop under the sink saying. to fix I a love leak like, when he felt uh, a-
1: It was a cold day in December. Uh, a 97-year-old caretaker, like the guy's 65, he's a caretaker. I feel horrible. <laughs> what does that even mean, caretaker of an Airbnb, by the way? That's like a term that's used... That was like Jack Torrance in The Shining. He's a caretaker <laughs> of an Airbnb. The guy's 65 years old.
0: And he's just, I think, attacked by brown recluses, but... the prick on his arm. I got
1: bit by a brown recluse
0: spider bite. The highly poisonous spider caused McCall's arm to bruise and swell. There He it spent is. 75 days in the hospital, underwent six surgeries, and spent nearly $600,000 on hospital bills.
1: But for the grace of God, you know, um, I'm still here, and I'm I'm grateful. And he goes, and I'm not getting vaccinated. He blames the property owner,
0: Homer Hillis, for his suffering, saying he should be liable since he didn't warn him of the possible danger in his B&B. Attorneys tell us he normally wouldn't be since those animals are native to the land. Similar legal cases regarding indigenous animal biting and attacking people have all taken place outdoors. So now the Texas Supreme Court judges will hear both sides on whether or not a landowner has a duty to protect the people on their property if that bite happens indoors. McCall claims Hillis knew about the infestation. McCall says he saw a full-size mattress and frame at the home crawling with spiders. But Hillis claims he had an exterminator come and take care of the property several times. He also mentions his stellar online reviews, which never mention an insect problem. Hillis also points out any judgment that makes him liable is that an will Airbnb, be detrimental by the way? for anyone who operates. That looks like a prison. That's really it's a that? property in the hills. Take a look at that. That's
1: an Airbnb? That looks like a, like a youth detention facility. That's an Airbnb? <laughs> that can't be it. Who in God's... That's it. <laughs> that who in is it. God's name is paying money to stay in that Airbnb by the side of the highway with this poor elderly caretaker. I mean, and the Texas Supreme Court tells the guy to go fuck himself, which I love. Yeah, Yeah, they go, hey, the
0: spiders were here before you, sir.
2: Should we finish this?
0: Yeah, of course. Hillis also points out, any judgment that makes him liable will be detrimental for anyone who operates a property in the Hill Country.
1: Hopefully, they will bring about some regulations to exterminate
0: for bed bugs, for scorpions, for brown recluse spiders and black widow spiders. Alex Capriello, KXAN News.
3: We reached out to the Airbnb owner, Homer Hillis, as well as his lawyer. They chose not to comment until the Texas Supreme Court makes their decision. Homer Hillis. judges will hear both arguments. The Airbnb owner,
1: Homer Hillis. My name is Homer Hillis. I run an Airbnb, and there are some spiders in there, but they're native to the land. And my caretaker, who's 115 years old, ended up getting bit and he had to spend 75 days in a by the way can you like look at that that is not what should be done at like a hospital that that stitching looks like it was done by a child what thank I pray I don't need any medical attention in this state ever. I pray to God I don't need to go to a hospital here. Look at that it looks like a witch did it. My name is Homer Healus. I run a youth detention center that I also use as an Airbnb. And there's there's black widows and brown recluses in every room. And my caretaker was near killed. And he sued me, Homer Healus. God. But we thought, look at this. New teenage suspect identified in Austin 6th Street mass shooting. Charges dropped against two teens. Mm.
3: Tonight, Austin police are searching for a...
1: Close call for those two. A new suspect has been identified in the June 12th mass shooting on 6th Street in Austin that killed one man and injured 14 others. Charges have been dropped against two teenagers who were previously arrested in connection with the shooting, authorities said at a press conference Tuesday. Austin Police Department reports 19-year-old DeAndre Jamiris White will have been charged with murder. His bond is set at a million dollars. White is responsible for the murder of the victim, 25-year-old Douglas Cantor, who is visiting Austin. Fuck. Interim APD Chief Joseph Chacon said new witnesses' statements and evidence led to charges in the case. According to Chacon, investigators believe White fired the shots after analyzing ballistic missile evidence and surveillance uh, camera footage. Yeah, it's policing. Yeah. Based on now multiple witnesses... Ballistic evidence, video evidence. We know White was the person who fired the handgun striking Mr. Cantor and multiple other victims. Police say they interviewed White following the shooting, but he was released and returned to Colleen. That's good. According to the APD, he changed his hair and appearance before going into hiding. I mean, who is in charge here? This is the new city? This is, uh, Jesus. White is still at large and should be considered armed and dangerous. But then, it, did they get him? Is he got now?
2: Yeah, because they, they got him right They here. finally got him. Yeah. They need to change the tense of this.
1: Yeah. Jeez. I mean, that's fucked up. Somebody goes and visits Austin... And there's a a mass shooting. Not good. Very sad, dude. This is fucked up. Somebody was paralyzed. I mean, this is absolutely insane. So one 17-year-old who spent a week in jail, and he didn't even do it. That's crazy. Austin mass shootings. Victim's family speaks out after suspect... Identified, yeah. I mean, this stuff is very sad. And, uh, you know, hopefully this guy is convicted and spends the rest of his life in jail because that is um, what needs to happen to somebody who is um, trying to murder everyone. I know that people are like, abolish prisons! Well, I know. But I think perhaps we do need some of them. Yes. It would be a bad idea to. Where would he go if not a prison this guy? We'd put him in a mental hospital. You get room with my mother. You know? They could watch Tucker Carlson together. They could watch Tucker Carlson tonight. Cuz that's the solution, right? If we abolish prisons, he goes into some type of facility. I mean, that's I'm giving the people the benefit of the doubt. He goes into a facility with my mother, and they watch Tucker Carlson tonight, or he, we just let him out? I don't understand. Does he go to the Vulcan Gas Company and, and perform? Help me out. Does he do Kill Tony? What happens to him? Get rid of this. This is very sad. Uh, mental health and, and mental health awareness is such a theme of the show because of my mother is a schizophrenic, and I always want to make p- sure that people are that are having mental problems reach out before something horrible happens, before they do something to themselves or others. We do not have a lot of uh, adequate mental health care in this country. Now, that being said, it's sad when people who are, they feel that they're at the end of their rope and they don't have anyone to reach out to, they feel like that, do something drastic, like commit suicide. This is very sad, and this happens far too often. Um, it's horribly tragic, always, but it's especially tragic when they're someone like accomplished, when they're, let's say, a writer and they've written a book. That's sad because they've they wrote a book mm-hmm. and then and had a family and and had no uh, a, a prior. Um, uh, mental health concerns at all. They'd never voiced at all that they were suicidal and they were on TV (laughs) several weeks before they killed themselves. That's how insidious mental health is. That's how insidious mental health is, that it can just out of nowhere with no warning or no indication when you seem absolutely fine to everyone around you, you can just kill yourself out of the blue. And this man wrote a book about Bill and Hillary Clinton. And this is sad because many of the people that these two are connected to have mental problems and end up uh, taking their own lives. Um, This is very, very sad. And uh, get this up because this guy, uh, he wrote a book about when Mm -hmm. Bill Clinton confronted Loretta Lynch on the tarmac about the investigation into Hillary's uh, emails, and Lynch was the attorney general. And uh, uh, there was a, a TV anchor, I believe, mm. um, and this person, police in Alabama said this weekend and they are investigating the death of the television news reporter who broke a story in 2016 about a secret tarmac meeting between former President Clinton and former Attorney General Loretta Lynch as a suicide... Lieutenant Keith, whatever I don't know how to pronounce that, with the Hoover Police Department, uh, they love investigating this. By the way, they're they're in hog heaven down there. Um, they're saying uh, Sign's death is being investigated as a suicide. Our deepest sympathy is shared with Chris's loving family and close mm-hmm. friends," said Sinclair Broadcast Group. Um, while in Phoenix, Sign. Broke the story about a tarmac meeting between Lynch and Clinton, which came as former President Obama's Justice Department was investigating the former Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, then running for president over the use of her private email server for official government uh, business. When I broke the story, we knew that something had occurred here that was a bit unusual. Sign said of the meeting during an appearance on Fox News that year. It was a planned meeting. It was not a coincidence. This details everything they don't want you to know and everything they think you forgot. Now, I thought he wrote a book about that. Did he not write a book? I
2: believe he did. Let me see.
1: This will be another example, by the way, of Tim Dylan being right-wing. He's a right-wing psychopath. He's pointing out <laughs> something that's weird. You know, the heroes of the progressive movement, Bill and Hillary Clinton. Christopher signed Birmingham TV anchor and former Alabama football star player mm. died in apparent suicide.
2: I believe he did write, maybe it wasn't a didn't book. Didn't he write a
1: book? Isn't there something on, didn't he say he was get, got a lot of threats when that
2: happened? Let's see here. Yeah, Secret on the Tarmac. Here we go. On Amazon, right? Yeah, he
1: wrote this book, Secret on the Tarmac. It's amazing that he was able to get a book done while suffering from a debilitating Mm -hmm. mental illness, some serious depression. Inside the clandestine tarmac meeting of Bill Clinton and the Red Lynch, the story of how journalism, a secret informant, and Alabama football impacted a presidential election. Yeah, well, sadly, uh, sign. Uh unfortunately uh, left. He exited stage right.
2: Stage right.
1: Stage left, whatever.
2: About a year after publishing, about a year and a half. How did he kill himself? Let's see. How did he do it?
1: I'm not saying that people don't kill themselves, by the way. That's not my... I just think around, I don't know, 200 people killing themselves... It involve a family. It starts to look suspicious. I believe it begins to look a little odd. We were talking about this in the backyard mm. with Ben, and we were saying that, you know, people like, uh, you know, the Bush family and the Clinton family uh, are, how shall we say it? <laughs> how do you say it? They're uh, they like power, mm-hmm. and they're not huge fans of uh, people that wrong them. And a lot of the people that have wronged those families end up in trouble. Coroner releases new details about alleged suicide of Clinton tarmac reporter Christopher Sign. Okay, what are they saying dead in here? the morning? Is found dead by family members.
2: Cause of death is yet to be released. But they believe it was a suicide. So the coroner's still looking through it. It might be that he
1: took the wrong medication. I I don't know. I'm not saying that anything happened here. Uh, I'm just saying it's curious. It's a curious thing. Get get him up talking about the threats he received. He's, I believe, whether it was on Fox or he was talking about the threats he received when he broke the story. I'm not suicidal, by the way. I know that makes me a minority in this country at this moment, where everybody is just on the brink. Um, but you know, supposedly he in a in a television interview I watched seemed pretty. Together, and he was saying that he had received some threats, Mm -hmm. and um, there you go. Right here. There you go.
3: You've Paid the price for this career wise. What kind of you know what kind of threats or what have you received? Well, my this? family received significant death threats, uh, shortly after breaking this story. Uh, credit cards hacked, he's um, mentally you know, ill. My children, it? we have code words, we have secret code words that they know what to do. Um, and that's why I came back to WBMA ABC 3340 in Birmingham mm-hmm. because when I was enduring the death threats, it was my former Alabama football family and my teammates, my coaches, who circled around me.
0: Wow, my. read all of about it. Uh, you can get the book right now, Secret on the Tarmac. It's at ChristopherSign, S I G and on Amazon
1: whatever. as well. All right. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> get the book where you can, folks. It's like, yeah, my family received significant death threats. You're like, oh. Anyway, the book's out right now. Grab the book if you can, folks. <laughs> Grab the book if you can. Man, it's just a. Uh, It could be a coincidence. I don't know much about what happened. Um, I'm just saying maybe he was bit by a brown recluse. (laughs) Is that possible? That this guy was bit by a nest of brown recluses? They're in Alabama, I think. Is there a coroner's report on this guy?
2: Yeah, but it's, it's undetermined still.
1: They don't know. Trying to find like the latest thing on it. Cause of death is probably related to suicide. It's just. Maybe he did struggle with mental health. I don't know. I mean, that seems to not be the case.
2: Still just being investigated. You know,
1: if somebody released, uh, broke a story that I felt impacted uh, my chances for the presidency, I would maybe kill them. A year and a half later when people had forgotten about it. I'd put them on the list. Would you not put them on the list? Right? You put them on the list. Do you think the Pete, like the hitmen that work for them are like all the time, they're like Ag- again? But it's a good, they're great, they're they're good. Like if you're a hitman, do you want them as your clients? Yeah, yeah. It's that's what they call repeat business. That's the rolodex you want because they have problems with everybody. Yeah, the Bushes would do a lot of shady shit too, but they like just whacked JFK, mm-hmm. or H. Dubs was clearly suspiciously. Well, he forgot where Kennedy was. Mm. He forgot where he was when Kennedy. Where were you when you heard about nine eleven?
2: Uh, second grade. Yes. in class. I, remember. I was in
1: eleventh uh, grade history class, mm. but when they asked Bush that, he went, uh, I don't know. "Where were you when JFK was killed?" He goes, "It's a Japanese interview." He goes, "Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know." Come to think of it, you know where he was? Where Dallas? <laughs> <laughs> it's odd. It's interesting. He was in Tyler. Tyler, right. yeah, yeah, But it's very interesting that he forgot. Like, he forgot, and he was, like, in the state. Mm. You you know, he wasn't in Fiji. But, again, none of this is important. Mm -mm. What's None of this is truly important. What's important is that people continue to argue about whether Fauci... uh, Can you believe that he lied about the masks? (laughs) That's what's important. Don't get lost in any of this stuff. The real... Things that matter are did Fauci lie about needing masks mm-hmm. early on? Mm-hmm. Because that's the key to it all. That will unlock the secret. Mm-hmm. That explains everything. It's not, it's not this. Don't get off track here. Don't get off track. What matters is the, the inheritance tax. When you inherit an estate, how much should you pay for it? What percentage of the estate should you pay? I'm not saying that's unimportant, but that's that's what we should be focusing on, not whether the country is run by murderers who kill their enemies in public. Like this is no one's even trying to hide anymore the killing. They used they used to go to great lengths to hide the murder. Now they just go like this. and go, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's you know. So that's why people when people get into politics with me, I have to like, you know, just kind of like I'm I'm I just under the table. I'm just like, all right, I'm just I get bored. Dead Fauci lie about the map. I I don't know. That's important, isn't it? killing people in front of you, dummy. But it's not. They passed a new law in Texas that says you can carry a gun. And do you know what that means? You tell me. Tell me what it means. (laughs) You tell me what it means. You've clearly done the research. But... RIP to Christopher Sign. It's unfortunate. We don't know what happened. We're not even going to speculate. We're just having a little fun. We're just goofing. We're goofing around. We don't have any information about this. Nope. Our oh. audience is not nearly big enough for anyone to care out there. So don't, I bet this guy was sad. And that's what happened. So don't. Come looking for anything here. We don't this is not a journalism show. Mm-hmm. We're not breaking any news. This was talked this trended on Twitter for 48 hours. I'm not breaking news. Nobody handed me a USB with any information. I don't have a flash drive. I don't know what happened to anybody. It's all a conspiracy. Everything's a conspiracy like everything's good. Everything out there is good. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. It's fine. There's, we've got bigger fish to fry. Much bigger fish to fry than whether the ex-president and his wife are on a killing spree (laughs) in broad daylight. Or whether the other ex-president's father, you know, participated in a coup. Don't. Get it twisted. It'd be good now if we had an ad break for like a very mainstream, Mm -hmm. you know? Like I always ask why we don't have more mainstream. But it's a great way to get out of a meaningless political debate is Mm -hmm. to just bring these things up. Mm -hmm. Bring these things up and people will move on very quickly. They'll change the topic, by the way. They'll change it. So if they start in about the Fauci and the mask, hit them with Hit them with some fun. Mm-hmm. And then they 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 move on. And they, oh, how, what have you been up to? Oh, that was easy. <laughs> just had to pull that lever. We went out to dinner tonight. I, you know, again, it's, you just try here. And you you try to do what you can do. And it just, it's, you just try. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the plans are in place. And there is a process. And there is a, a movement happening in migration west It's our destiny, uh, manifest destiny, westward expansion. Uh, not that I haven't enjoyed my time here, which will I'll have several more months of it, uh, and not that I haven't enjoyed it, and it hasn't taught me a lot about myself uh, and what I can and cannot tolerate. I just, I would rather be stabbed in the street by a machete-wielding psychopath uh, than spend one more minute here. In, in, in the land of mediocrity, I can't take it. I can't take uh, any more garbage food or, you know, you know, c lists like, you know, just just it's a, you just look at the people and you go, yeah, you're just, you're almost there.
2: Mm.
1: You're almost there, but you're not there. They're uncooked here. They were taken out of the oven too quickly. You know, they're misshapen. The cookies are misshapen here. They're not cookies that you'd put in the Christmas catalog. They're cookies. You can chew on them, but they're misshapen. They're not something you're proud of. You're glad they exist. Sometimes you're hungry. But in reality, the people here, and that's your impression a little bit too, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's a lot of uh jeans that have been cut off with scissors and weird headbands. You don't want a waiter with a LeBron James headband and dreads and whatnot. When he's white. When he's white. He's yes. a white guy with dreads. Yeah, and, and like the, 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 the headband, the, the like the pickup basketball headband. It's not good.
1: The horrors are unending. The Brown recluse that we met has been the least obtrusive. It's just a lot of, like, the waiter puts something down and he goes, yeah, that's real good. And I'm like, you wouldn't know what good was if it climbed into your mouth and went to your brain. Like, you would have no idea what good was. How long ago were you in prison? Good. They all get so excited. They're like, it's good. Isn't it good? And they come up to you while you're eating it. They're like... Isn't it good? And by the way, they don't even sound like that. I'm doing this Texas accent, this twang. Nobody even really sounds like that. Nobody has that accent. That I don't even know where that exists. But it's not here. People just say it's a little slow. Like, it's not that bad. It's it's just a little. Yeah. It's a little like high.
2: Like, they weren't fully MK'd. They were halfway MK'd and were released.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, it's been lovely. It's been a a nice ordeal. Maybe the Clintons will uh, arrange it so I don't have to spend too much time here. That's all. Are you worried now? They say uh, the cryptocurrencies are all going away.
2: Yeah, it looks like they're plummeting. They're
1: saying the Bitcoin whales are trying to get the price to dip under 28 so they can buy it all up. That's the rumor. That's the rumor. Right now it's $34,000. I was paid one Bitcoin for the Bitcoin convention. and that is about what i have in crypto right now mm-hmm. $34,000 in crypto and then i have 5 ethereum and we're going to hold hodl hold on for dear life do you have any crypto right now in your sizable portfolio i have none none what are you holding on to right now just just stonks. you're a piece of shit <laughs> you have like you're like my mother my mother had like one share of mcdonald's <laughs> My mother would get one share of a company. She'd be like, I have one share of Exxon. Yeah. She had like stock certificates in a book. She had like one share of a company or like two or three shares of a company.
2: It's amazing.
1: But you're not that much better than that. No, 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 no. Our criminal friends, Devin and Ida, own uh, a small purse mm. of crypto, a little wallet, right? Couple hundred bucks. I, I think they have a couple hundred dollars. Mm. And they watch the crypto market like like our friend Ida watches the market like her life depends on it. And she's just on the edge of her seat watching this and just reading and studying. She could make so much more money on OnlyFans, just show the gash. But she's trying to learn about uh cryptocurrencies and central banking. Central banking? Show your ass. She's attractive. Stop talking about fiat currency. Show your feet and earn a living. Now. I keep telling her that. I've told a lot of my friends, and I don't mean anything nasty by this. In fact, I wish someone would tell me this, but we know why they're not going to, because, you know, I have a very I have a specific look. I've told many of my friends, you should become a prostitute. You should have sex for money. Are you not listening to me? Well, I'm thinking about, yeah, uh, well, the fiat current have sex with strangers and have them pay you. Are you not understanding what I'm saying? You're good looking enough. It is a compliment. Yes. To tell someone that they can fuck for money. That is a compliment. And if and I've had people get offended when I've said that. People have been mad at me because I have told them that they should start a little a little at a time, not like dive in, but like begin to think about transitioning into being a whore and they're angry at me they're actually people have had really bad reactions to that piece of information which is very logical nothing wrong with sex work Mm -mm. at all Mm -mm. and i think many people need to get off your high horse and 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 let's get realistic and get it and do it now before you lose value in the marketplace. You know, before you... And men and women and, and non-binary people, we're talking to everyone now. I'm telling most of you to become prostitutes. That that fit a certain... And even if you don't, there'll always be... Some, like, I could be a prostitute, but it's for such a small sliver of the populace. Like, it's for a... It's like people will fuck me but to pay to fuck me you it's got to, you have to have a real fetish and it's a small segment of the population but if i marketed myself appropriately i could do it but so, but some of our friends are very attractive and there's no reason that they're talking all the time and they're trying to understand the world and how it works when they could be Taking photos and videos of themselves, putting different things in their ass. Is that wrong? Mm. Imagine if that was your work day and you could kind of do it. Mm. You have a look where you could do it. Truly, if you wanted to become a prostitute, you would make more money on this show. Like if you had an
2: OnlyFans. What would I do on OnlyFans?
1: Show your dick. The problem with you is you have no, you're, you're, you're very good looking, but you're like, you're, you're like a dullard and you're, you don't like your brain doesn't work. So what it is is like the, the people have to create the fantasy completely themselves because you, you, you kind of like, you look like you're a kid that like, like when you were young, like you heard a lot of loud noises and you have that, that. Type of so when you you look at someone you don't know how to be like it's sexy it you just you're not fully developed mm-hmm. in in that way like emotionally like m- like maturely you don't I don't know if you can really like turn it on in a but you can just do it with photos you just get your dick you just jerk off on OnlyFans mm-hmm.
2: do a video of of me swinging it
1: yeah if you have a big enough dick where you can swing it around mm-hmm. which we all know that you have a big dick mm-hmm. um. If you can swing it around, I don't know if you can really swing it around. I mean, you keep saying how bigger dick is. You can can you really like swing it like that? I mean, what are we talking like like? I don't know what. How much? What are the
2: tears? Like David and Goliath, like the 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 old school slingshot, like that. I don't know what you're saying. Using biblical references, we're
1: talking about practical applications of what you can do. The problem is you you. When you when people look at you, you're not there. You're mm-hmm. somewhere else all the time. Mm-hmm. And the people want you to be kind of there.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, and I can't really do a neck down thing. Why? Because I don't have like a good body. Like I don't have like I'm it's, not ripped. I'm it's not
1: shredded. Not, no, it's not great. But it's <laughs> fine enough. It's fine for OnlyFans. Right. But you just you just have to change. The way you like interface, you know, or maybe people might be into that, like, like, uh, like, because there's a lot of like, I don't know if is that could be a fantasy, like a, like a big dick autistic, like caretaker and an Airbnb, like, <laughs> or you're like a groundskeeper with a big dick, you just autistic, like I feel like people would want that, yeah. and that's not if I'm not trying to offend you, I'm just telling you that's a better life than what we do here. <laughs> it's truly a better life. I see all these people out here doing comedy, starting podcasts, and God bless them. But I look at some of them, I go, hey, just... You want attention, you could get it a lot of different ways. You know? That's all I'm saying. We're very excited about uh, Jeff Garland who is coming up. Curb Your Enthusiasm is one of my favorite shows, and we rarely have guests on the show, but Jeff is an absolute sweetheart. He's incredibly talented. The show is great. They're coming back. They have a new season, I believe, premiering in September.
2: Let's figure out. see when it's coming back. Season 11, right? I believe so. Mm-hmm. They've officially renewed it. As of May 4th, 2021, so it'll be coming back soon.
1: Well, good. That's awesome. Very exciting. Ray Comp arriving in Austin for a week on July 1st, doing a Patreon, a few episodes with Ray, and uh, getting him some food. Ray is, what would you say, conservative estimate? Five, 600 pounds? <laughs> he's not six. He's uh, four.
2: He's knocking, four to on, five. knocking on
1: five. Probably 500 pounds. He has to be put in a car. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. But he's coming and we're arranging different meals for him throughout the day. We've actually planned it. We've actually pre-ordered. We've pre-ordered food for him. So as soon as he gets here, (laughs) he will be treated like a king. He'll be, we'll give him the lifestyle that he's accustomed to. And we're kidding about five, but he's big. He's in the fours.
2: Mm, he's in the fours.
1: He's in the fours. He's a, he's a large gentleman. Yeah. But he's an expert on, he'll tell you about the keto diet. Like, I'm on keto. Shut up. Listen to me. He goes, I'm doing keto now. And uh, he'll, he'll, he'll have a lot of great ways to break down Austin, too. He'll have a lot of great. Um, uh, thoughts. It's very late right now. It's one. Is it one forty six in the morning? It's one forty six. I got a flight to Denver. Boy, do I want to ditch these shows. No, and the only reason <laughs> is I don't know if it's a full cap. I'm so mad now. The comedy know, clubs aren't yeah, letting yeah. people in. It's just let them in. Let them in. Mm. Who gives a fuck? If you're not vaccinated already, you don't want to get vaccinated. That's fine. Just let everybody in. Let them in. And let's get back to business, baby. I'm doing like 10 shows in Denver because they're just not letting everybody in. We could have done like five.
2: You're literally doing 10 and shows. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, it's just, there's just so much. There's so much happening. Very exciting stuff. We're, uh, we're working on all kinds of new fun things for the show. We had a meeting today about it. So get very excited about all of that. New sketches are coming out. New things, couple of really big guests we're working on, and um, we're really pumped about it. Anything you have to add before we go to uh, Jeff Garland?
2: Uh, I just want to say I actually am a big fan of Curb. I'm, I don't
1: hate Curb. Yeah, it's a joke. I know. I was making a joke, and you're you're clearing that up for people. Well, they don't. They might not know, but they don't care. Why would they care? They might start a beef online with who? With Jeff. Be the best thing in the world. <laughs> If you box Jeff Garland <laughs> it would be amazing That'd it would be, incredible. be a great
2: yeah
1: it would be a great thing. Would't it be great if like actors like legit actors now because of the success of like Logan and Jake Paul they just start boxing they just like Meryl Streep has <laughs> has she has no choice but to just get in the ring and get the shit kicked out of her. How funny would it be to see, like, Meryl Streep getting, like, beaten up? Because you would just be like, "I just let it go.
2: Yeah, like Laura Dern's just...
1: Just, yeah, Laura Dern just wailing on Meryl <laughs> Streep. Like, the announcers being like, it's great to see how excited everyone was about this fight. There was so much momentum built, so much hype built. I just see Laura Dern's really getting her. She's really getting her. And Laura Dern's just laying a beating on Meryl Streep, and everyone's so excited. And then Meryl Streep's all bloody afterwards, and Meryl Streep's like, I never claimed to be a fighter. I respect Laura. I'm looking forward to doing shots with you after this fight. And Laura's like, fuck yeah, Meryl. You came in this ring. I have a lot of respect for you. We made this possible. The fans made it possible. You just see Laura Dern, they're both bleeding. The fans made it possible. This night's for you. And everyone's just cheering. Everyone's clapping. All right, Jeff Garland, everyone. Are things good? We're coming, we're we're coming back where we were not. Oh, they're us. great. I just I just I was at
4: Target with my girlfriend. Yeah. And um, I'm walking around without a mask. Half good. The time. Yeah. By the way, a lot of masked people. And if they're not uh, uh, if they haven't gotten their shots yet, I respect that. But I, 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 if I don't, I wore the mask religiously, and I just as much when I don't have to, out of respect to other people. Even I ain't wearing the mask, yeah. so it's like—I mean, my attitude the whole time with the mask was it's about respect for other people. Yeah, nothing more, nothing less. Yes, and that's all it is.
1: Right, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and respect for businesses. People didn't understand that, like, businesses needed to open, and the way that they could open was by having these guidelines and regulations. Did they make sense? I don't know, but I know that Ooh, the businesses We're needed- not going
4: to know anything about right. all of this right. until years down the road. That's true. Which I look forward to. And know? then no one will care. <laughs> by the way, yeah, no one will emotionally care. It'll just be interesting. Someone's bound to make a great doc or write a great book, and I, I don't – I think I'd watch the doc. I don't know that I'd read the book.
1: I don't want to read the book. I'd certainly watch the doc, but it'll be met with eye rolls and who cares and who I... I've got a bunch of jokes about COVID in my act, and they're funny, and I think I got another month or two with them, and then they're done.
4: Well, by the way, are we on now? Are we going? Yeah, we're
1: in. We're in now. Okay,
4: good. So I wanted to say, Curb... Everyone's like, I bet you're doing great stuff on COVID. Oh, no, we're not. Right. Because we're coming out in the fall, and ain't nobody want to relive any of that shit. Agreed. That's number, that's, that's number one. And as far as my stand-up, I'm different than a lot of comics, because, and also I'm different in this way. I I acknowledge my difference. What I mean by that is I read the New York Times. I don't think of funny things. I only get pissed or depressed. I don't make that funny. What I can do and make funny is my life that I, that I'm able to whatever's going on in my life, but I'm smart enough after doing this. I've been a comedian for 39 years and I know that that's not a strength of mine and nobody wants to hear me. Like I watch you on your podcast, uh, uh, you're, you're great at pointing out the hypocrisies of the world, the crazy stuff, and I look to you for that. I don't think anyone looks to me for that, and I'm certainly not good at that. You're great at that.
1: Well, we I got good at it, I think, or if I am good at it, I got better at it during this crazy period of time. Yeah. Yes,
4: but it's in your nature. Here's the thing, Tim, that's fucking great.
1: How old are you now? I'm 17. No, I'm 36.
4: 30 fucking six. Imagine how much better you're going to be in 10 years, 20 years. Wow! Well, like our, our, yeah, our, we hope. our comedians, if you keep putting in the work, and I'm not talking about writing, I'm not talking about, but all the work that you need to do as a person, like everything, you grow as a stand-up. I'm saying you only stagnate when you don't put in the the work of life or writing or, or going on stage, you don't put in the work. You won't grow. You're going to fucking grow.
1: Yeah. How many seasons do you think curb has left? Do you think this is the final one? Do you think you guys do a ton more?
4: You know, it's funny. No one has ever asked me that. And I'm not being sarcastic. I can be skeptical. I'm never sarcastic. <laughs> and I want to no, no, because people say, are uh, you going to do another? Like, no one ever says, how many more can you do? Right. I think we could maybe do one more. Yeah. Maybe. You know, Larry's in his 70s. He's, don't get me wrong. He's in good shape. Genius, yeah. Yeah, I do both the Goldbergs and Curb, I'm 50 fucking nine. It is exhausting. It rips me apart. And the equivalent happens to Larry because he's in every scene working every day, having to be there at 630 in the morning. Um, I don't know if physically he can do more than, let's say, another season. I think he could do another. I don't know that he has two in them. When you hey, guys were doing 24/4. that,
1: yeah, when you guys were doing the pilot, you know, you often hear people say when they read a pilot, they can envision that they, they go, we've got a winner here. We've got something big. Did you guys have any idea? Obviously, Larry David's involved, but did you guys know that this was going to be what it ended up being, which I think is 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 truly the greatest comedy of the last quarter century?
4: Well, you're very kind to say that, and I will take that in and say thank you.
1: Big and I time. think I'm right. I mean, Ben, am I right there? 100%. Yeah. I, thank you.
4: I was just with Michael Imperioli last week hosting, a yeah. thing, and I said, in my opinion, the 90 minutes, that was like three seasons of The Sopranos going into Curb, that 90 minutes for drama and comedy, I think is the best 90 minutes in the history of television.
1: You're probably right.
4: You know, I, I really do. And by the way, I'm not a, I don't have a big ego. I don't think that I or I don't believe the hype, but I have great respect for Curb Your Enthusiasm and obviously great respect for The Sopranos. And that 90 minutes was just You know, they use the term must-watch TV. To me, if you want to laugh and feel emotions, that's your 90 minutes
1: all time. Well, both shows Um, had some of the the truly great practitioners of the art form in it, right? And people like you and Larry and Susie Essman, one of the things that I was always curious about, uh, people have said a lot of Curve is improv. How much of the show is improv, how much of it is scripted? Is there a balance? Okay. That's a real thing that I'm well, very I, I curious. I
4: wanted to answer your question earlier. Yes. We, did, we had no idea okay. that we were going to become this iconic show. We, well, we did the key thing that you've done in your career. Yeah. What do I find interesting? You have to do what you find interesting. And if you do that, either you hit or you don't. Boom. That's it. But that's the only way to hit in a big way is to be yourself. So we did a show that we thought was funny. We didn't have a clue if another human being would like it. I did think early on that it would do well in England because it had a faulty towers flavor. Right. Um, Yeah. um, Yeah. So there you go.
1: What about how much of it is on the spot on the fly? All of it. All of it. In the story, Larry
4: might write in the outline, the outlines are about seven pages long. A normal sitcom script is about 30 some odd pages. So that's a lot, that's a big difference. And so Larry writes these scenes, which we truly improvise. Every once in a while, there'll be a line of like, uh, Jeff says this, or Jeff tells Larry this, which if he says Jeff tells, it's kind of like, I can do it any way I want. Well, I can do it any way I want anyhow.
1: Um, so yeah. Now y- y- Cheryl Hines, Susie Esman, you, Larry, uh, J.B. Smoove, J.B. Smoove. The yeah. name is this uh, escaped- Bob Einstein. Bob Einstein. I mean, yeah. i mean Richard Lewis. Everybody no. on the show is a killer. Like everybody on the right. show is amazing. And what is the working environment when you have comics that are that skilled and that good? When you guys are improvising, uh, is there just a real understanding of of what your characters are? Does anybody try to hog a scene or steal a scene? Did it take a while to... Because I can only imagine me and my friends and the idea is that everybody's trying to have the last word and be the funniest person Well,
4: with me, automatically, you've got the guy that will hang back if other people. And it's only guest actors who sometimes will do a little much and we have to sort of pull back. But in terms of the the main people, it's a feeling. Here's the feeling. And again, no one's ever asked me this. It's a feeling of trust. When you know, when you walk on that set, it's like, I know everyone who's here can do their job.
1: It's the That's, ultimate – it's walking on to an arena with pros, with people that – Unequivocally. Unequivocally. It's like,
4: it's like the NBA playoffs are now. It's going out. Nobody's injured. And everybody – you know what everyone does. And everyone knows their job. Sometimes you have to step up in other ways. But it's that trust factor. And what does that trust factor bring you? Uh, hopefully good work, but but fucking joy. We laugh, we work very hard and long hours, but we laugh all day long.
1: Well, that's the other question, you guys. Everybody laughs, it gets along. Is there a, and I don't know, I mean, this is a, a question somebody probably has asked you before. It's a hack question as I ask it. But it's all right, man. Is, I'm so happy to be here with you. No, I'm happy that you, you did it. Well, I'm, I'm, this is, well, I'm, I'm a fan of so few things, but this is something I'm a huge fan of. Is there a movie? In there is there a curb movie? Is there is there a long form ninety minute two hour movie? Whether it's on HBO or it goes to Netflix, like is there and a so curb movie? my opinion, yes.
4: I, I I personally don't think so, and okay. I wouldn't aim in that direction because I love movies and I think Curb is unique to what we do, and it's a half hour, sometimes a little longer. Not very often, a little shorter. It is It's perfect for what it is. To me, I'm a believer. You know, movies are a different art form. They yeah, really yeah, are. Hundred percent. It's visual and it's storytelling, but it's a different art form. You go into all right. I'm not even going to use the same genre. Um, you go into most of the crime. I love the true crime stuff on Netflix. I watch all of
1: it. Yeah. Okay.
4: And the best ones are where the story's already been told. The Night Stalker, um, any of those where we know who did it, and that dude is dead. Right. That story, however, if you do five episodes, three episodes it's compelling. Now, so many of those five, six, ten episode arc uh, true crime uh, documentaries are um many episodes too long they're they're sort of milking it yes and we get to the end and we know as little as we did when it started and it is it's something that could have been truly i'll even give them credit i won't even say a half hour it could have been an hour long and we would have gotten the same. Yes. Like there was one recently about the hotel downtown and the woman th- that disappears. Yeah, no, okay, like,
1: I watched it. I said the same thing. It could have been an hour. It could have been a podcast episode. Hour.
4: Yeah. So what I think we realize about Curb is it's perfect as a half hour. Maybe on occasion, a special hour if it's right. But in general, you don't want to be making movies out of this. It's the same thing. You know, there's nuance to everything that's great, I think. And then, you know, for example, you know what was great about uh, Sopranos was they hired real directors. It wasn't like the writers are going to start directing. Uh, uh, what was the other thing where they, all right, uh, um, Breaking Bad, Better, better Call Saul, um, Vince Gilligan, direct some of the episodes. But mind you, he's a great director. But there's nuance between being a showrunner slash writer and being a director. So it's the same thing. Whatever it is, if you go with it, you're always going to serve yourself who, and who, serve the people watching.
1: Who directs Curb? Is it one person or do you have rotating Well, now,
4: now it's been Jeff Schaefer, uh, who's one of the producers. direct This year, actually, he directed every episode. Last year, we had half Jeff Schaefer, half a bunch of great women directors. Uh, and then in the past, we've had other, you know, directors and stuff. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, look, it's Larry David's voice. Right. And in TV, it's just as long as. But my job is to get. When I'm doing a scene with Larry David, I'm not trying to be funny. He writes the scenarios, they're funny. My job is to help get Larry David's story on the screen in the best way possible.
1: Well, what's so great about what you do and what your character does, what I think Ben does here, is that when you put something, you add something, you don't do it all the time, but it's always gold. It's always perfect. It always moves the scene to where it needs to go. It's pivotal. It's not, it's never excess. That's why I was curious about how much of it is written, how much of it is, because Oh, and then do people
4: try and run away with it. Nope. Right. We every scene. We listened to one another. Where where um, th- Richard Lewis and Bob Einstein were a little bit different. They had. Yeah. They would look over the scene, and Richard would actually write notes to himself. And we'd do a scene, and we'd have to steal the notes away from him because we right. want him to be present. Right. But he would his mind. He wanted to have funny quips ahead of time. Right. Bob Einstein a lot of times. I would say, what are you doing? Because he wanted to just be so damn funny, which he was. I mean, one of the up, funniest
1: people on that show, uh, without question, Bob, J.B. Smoove, amazing. Yeah. And Susie Esman yeah. is just, I mean, yep. everything she does and says is truly amazing. When Curb ends, when it yeah. ends, you know, down the road, yeah. I mean, you're you're doing the Goldberg's now. What is the hope? How do you? How does somebody like you feel about other things? Because you've been so successful in TV. Uh, how do you feel about stand-up now at this point in your career? And how do you feel about uh, movies and other opportunities? I know you've done some animated stuff. You know, you've With been Pixar, Toy Story. Yeah. You know, all the Pixar okay. stuff.
4: Well, here's the thing. I as long as it's creative, I'm into it. I have, as a matter of fact, I got a call. I didn't answer it. That's how much I'm into you. Well, I appreciate it's it. Telling me I'm up for a very big movie. Oh, and good. I got I got a call about it. So I'll find out when we're done. I mean, like a really big movie. Wow. Which I don't get offered those a, a lot, but it's really exciting. Um, I'm developing uh, three TV shows right now. Like I'm always you're like, working. Creating. You're yeah. working. Yeah, what do you, what do w- you, I actually yeah. believe in you so much. Oh, anytime you want to sit and talk about, not even with me attached as a producer with how you could do something and what you could do. We do. I we mean,
1: sit, we talk, we do a lot of the talking and I don't mind that, but what we were able to do over the last 24 months is really build uh, a great show and a big following on social media and Without a doubt. through the podcast. And we've been able to really, we sell out every market we're doing shows in. And, are, you know, we're number three on the Patreon, which is a subscription service that people pay for extra content for an extra episode of this podcast every week and and we focused on that because development which i was doing for years and i had people like Adam McKay producing stuff and Anthony Bourdain and his company i mean really titans and stuff like that but it is very difficult it's very difficult and it's tough very difficult and it's not easy and there's all kinds of reasons why things don't work and 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 you try to understand those reasons you can drive yourself crazy right racking your brain you could go i don't know why was it me well, was it the idea way, yeah by
4: the way it can be everything from the development process to one person involved in the development, not process, liking
1: you or not liking uh, or, the idea yeah. or
4: not getting it or, right. um, but Larry David taught me a lot. And I really, I am happy to be fired. I am happy to walk away from every project I'm involved with. Right. Which gives me creatively power and financial power. Right. Cause I'm like, this is what I get. And also other things, I'm happy to work for nothing or next to nothing, other things. I don't do things just for the money anymore. I've gotten to a point in my career where I don't take money jobs. The only money jobs that I would take, and I know you would take, are corporate stand-up gigs. Yeah, I'll take them. They don't bug me, but
1: let's do it. Yeah, no.
4: But the truth (laughs) is- If you want to ruin your event-
1: Email my agent at CAA, please. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you say that. Well, are you at CAA too?
1: I'm with CAA, yeah. Oh, that's my uh,
4: thing. So yeah, I'm with my agent stuff. is
1: overweight. Everyone who resp- uh, re- re- represents me in the business is overweight. There's seven overweight people in LA. They're all working for me in some capacity. It's truly amazing. I mean, everyone uh, across the board, from the business managers to – our business manager is not really overweight, but but our, our agent is, and uh, you know, everybody – uh, everybody on my team, it's very interesting. And bless, God bless them. They're they're working and eating and living. Um, what do you think, when you look at the internet and you look at the freedom that comics have now- Wait a, a minute, X, wait a minute. You, uh,
4: you're, um, hold on a second. Yeah. Wait, you, you're with Matthew Vector
1: No, I'm with Ed Brook, Justin. Uh,
4: but do you know Ed- Ma-
1: they was they were talking to me yeah, about you. I'm I'm there was, there was, I know all of those guys to a degree. Yeah. I mean they all blend yeah. into one guy. No,
4: but just know that they talk about Well, that's
1: you. good. I call them the yeah. Joshes. Where I don't know their all names, but I know that they're whenever I'm on a call, it's Josh's and Jonah's, and it's a lot of Js and people like that. But mm-hmm. I do Jism. Right, right. I do know them. When you look at the freedom comics have on the internet now. Um, which seems to be the way that a lot of people are building careers. And you you've yeah. lived in L.A. a long time. You've seen the growth of YouTubers and social media stars. I mean, people that are truly getting hundreds of millions of views on things, whether we like them or not or we think they're artistically significant or not, you cannot deny the raw power. What happens to television? Because it's getting less and less eyeballs. I mean, you're on an iconic show, but it gets less and less eyeballs all the time. And you see this really gravitational pull towards the internet where people can watch things on their phones and share things with each other. And what happens to traditional uh, television uh, in an environment where people want shorter form content that is more accessible?
4: Well, I think there's always room for great Television, I think there's always there's always room for great narratives. There's here's the thing people say to me with the with the feeling in the country right now. Are you scared about not being able to do what you do? And no, I'm not changing a thing in my stand up right. or who I am. Do you know why? Because I'm funny. You're right. funny Tim. Right. Yeah. The people who should be scared right now are the people who aren't that funny. Right. Because. Uh, Now you look at like some guy works for a company. He puts himself up on, on uh, Facebook doing a bad color joke or even being in blackface. Well, yeah, that's not freedom of speech. That's called you're about to get fired. Yes. You know, the the freedom of speech is nobody's going to arrest you.
1: That's true. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So
4: so the only thing that's going to happen in the future is uh, in terms of, your, your real network shows, I'm not talking about ABC. I'm not talking about all of them, Hulu, HBO, everything. It's just leave it to the professionals. And I think there's always going to be shows, always going to be room. And then in terms of social media... Social media, you know, Instagram influencers, uh, 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 you know, all the different things, you know, Um, I'm hip to them, but I don't really, I don't pay attention to them much, you know, Um, are, that's not a career, that's a moment. Right. So let's say you have a you have let's just say hypothetically you have a million YouTube founder uh, followers, and what you do is you take different toys and you throw them off a roof, slide them off. Right. Millions of people, okay. you get money, a lot of money from YouTube. I'm just I'm giving a, a stupid hypothetical.
1: No, it's probably not a hypothetical. It's probably happening, and you're probably. Ex- oh yeah, no, it you're is. You're right. Yeah, gonna, yeah,
4: yeah, yes. So. Those people enjoy whatever time that is. That's not how you build a career. Right. It's a funny, but you look at somebody like, um, what's his name? He's got the, um, Bo Burnham. Okay. Bo Burnham started on YouTube, got the YouTube following. I first heard about him from my managers in YouTube. They actually signed with my managers. Are you with three Arts too?
1: No, 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 no. I I was with someone in New York, but we got rid of them.
4: Oh, Jimbo Cock Roberts. No, no, I had
1: to wait, think wait, wait, for a minute. I'm like, was I wait, with
4: him? I interrupt myself and I forget.
1: Well, no, Bo, Bo transitioned hard. to a traditional oh, career. Oh, well,
4: Bo, Bo so did it. Yeah, there's. Bo, there's, But Bo Burnham.
3: But that's rare. But,
4: too, but, that's, no, but Bo Burnham. Here's the point. Yeah. Bo Burnham. Whether YouTube exists or not, is going to be a successful agreed,
1: agreed, agreed,
4: and a successful director. Yes. So that's my point about all the social media influencers. All the but I YouTubers, would I would almost say that I look at
1: I look at Jake Paul and Logan Paul. I don't know if that's a moment. That oh, seems it's to be a moment. You think that's a moment? Without a doubt. I mean, you know why? Yeah. You know why? They're not intelligent. I don't know about that. You, I mean, by the way, here's I here's what I, here's, I only
4: wish I could box both of them at the same time.
1: Here's here's why they're very in shape. They they work very hard at it. No,
4: by the way, I got to give them credit. They work yeah. very hard. At
1: here's it. why I'll, I'll disagree with you on that. I okay. think to go from making YouTube videos in your backyard to boxing Floyd Mayweather, you oh. have to have a level of intelligence, and it may not be. You don't think so? No, but here's what I do think.
4: Really? Here's what I think. think. So you're a YouTuber. It's starting to become a bit dead end with what you've been doing, and you want to reinvent yourself. You start boxing. And to me, his boxing, and I I would be shocked, and I'm open to it, if he had the master plan of where it is now when he started, no. Dude started boxing. A thing opened up, which led to another thing. Right. It's called... Are you ready? Hard work and luck. Hard work Agreed. because the dude takes his boxing seriously. Agreed. No, I don't think he thought. Yeah. But luck in terms of that it's caught on. But uh, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Are you? Would you really? And I'm not even talking about an age thing. Would you look to Logan Paul for your entertainment dollar outside of wanting somebody to, to fight him good?
1: Well, I might not. I wouldn't. But I <laughs> I would say his the fight was very entertaining, and he knows how to create spectacles. But what I will say is that there are a ton of people who do watch his content and enjoy Unequivocally it.
4: Unequivocally. Right. And enjoy it. Yeah. But- like there's that couple, I think they broke up. Where I heard about where they had like a kid and people were hanging out on their block, hundreds of, I mean, like tons of people and they follow them on their thing. I know a lot of people care, but I think your YouTubers in general and all of that are the most, um, what's it called? What Fickle. Like they're here sure. today, gone tomorrow.
1: That is true. Build, Unlike Jim, acting, which is very solid work.
4: There well it, it can be <laughs> if it depends on the work you do. Right, if right. If you're a hack, you're a hack. Right. Same with stand up comedy. Sure. But I think what you're doing, I'll just use you. Yeah. You're building up like people look to you for a point of view. People look to you to laugh. People look to you. You're supplying a lot. Let me ask you. Yes. The Paul Brothers. Yes. Best day ever.
1: What are they supplying? I think they supply entertainment and spectacle. I, w- I will say it's that an
4: entertainment spectacle that you're going to go uh, your life with you're going to join them on that journey. I think I people think will join you. Will find, I don't think they yeah, will join them.
1: I think they will find different ways to keep creating those types of spectacles. I think now it's in boxing, but I do think down the road it could be it could be but other that's things. That's my
4: point. My point is you're a comedian. You're right. excellent. And you're building a career. You're building. You last long enough. You really build a career. You know my you know, ar- my
1: argument has never been that the Paul brothers are going to replace uh, Richard Pryor. It no, was, they're, it, they're it, not
4: even. But they're, yeah. they're just <laughs> they're uniquely of this time. I just the think same. Yeah. The same with what's that family uh, that has the show on E. Uh, Kardashians, you know, the Kardashians. That's of this time.
1: But don't you think, and this is an interesting conversation, do you think this time ends? Does this time become another time?
4: Yes, it turns into something else. And there will be a time when the Paul brothers or Kim Kardashian are looking at whatever's popular, YouTube, who knows, whatever. Sure. And they're going, oh, that used to be
1: me. Well, that's that reminds that's, me of me. That's true, and that's everybody. But I, I do think that No, it's
4: not everybody because look, as much as I look to you and I'm inspired by this or whatever, it's uniquely you. There is nothing uniquely them. You know, maybe the Kardashians more than the Paul brothers, but it's all of this time. Think about a person that watches the Kardashians and is passionately involved. Those are the same people, most of them who will be passionately involved in watching the Kardashians as 60 year olds. It's like, it'll <laughs> feel, it'll feel like they yeah. haven't had growth. I, and it'll yeah. feel right.
1: You have a hopeful view. And I, by the way, you have a view that I would like to see come to fruition where, you know, people might move on from these things. I look at it as that you are one. you're a member of one of the last great ensemble comedies. And I hope that more come down the pike, but I well, just, what
4: you're saying is right there from the standpoint of people aren't, there's no comedy movies. There's not, there's, there's, none. None. there's not, there's not comedy on television. I want, I watch three. I'm really involved in three shows. One's not that funny. And that's Barry. Barry's amazing. Brilliant show. Yeah. Brilliant show, but it's not, I don't go to it for laughs for laughs. I wish I had Curb Your enthusiasm to go to as someone who doesn't know what's going on, but South Park is my jam. The best. That's like, it's the best that's, ever. That's the yes, but I'm saying that's comedy to me. That lasts forever. Oh, oh, oh! And even them, they they did a pandemic episode. Well written, well done, not enjoyable. Didn't laugh once. Really? Nobody watched it. Yeah, because it was the pandemic. Interesting. I'm sick of pandemic. Yeah, yeah. the pandemic. And people are like, great stuff on curb. I've coming up. I go, nope, don't look to us for pandemic. We have two pandemic things. And one, I haven't talked to Larry about this. I'm going to ask him to cut. It's a scene in an elevator with Larry. And I, I don't really like it in terms of time. At the time, I thought, oh, this is. But we have another one that's the first episode that will get a big laugh. But it's one thing. The entire show, nobody's wearing masks. No thing because people that's not what people
1: want. Agreed. Not, uh, agreed. You know. How is the your stand-up? Are you gonna go on the road a little bit? Are you gonna go well, let me
4: tell you what I'm doing on that? Yeah. And I made this decision and it's a pretty big one. Starting in up start I haven't done stand up yet in terms of I've hosted a few things, but I haven't done a set in about a year and a half. And the last time I took a break was two weeks. So it's been, but I'm now sort of developed, thinking about a new way of me doing it, you know. Um, I hope people, and if I can plug my uh, Netflix special called Our Man in Chicago, that is me. Like, if you want to go, do I dig Jeff Garland? Watch five minutes of that. And you'll either be like, yeah, I love this dude, or like, not for me. Because comedy is very subjective. So I'm going out in the fall from Vancouver to Rochester to Nashville to San Diego, all points in between. I'm doing like 14 weekends where I'm performing for free. Not the audience for free, for the clubs for free because they got hit so hard during the pandemic. So I'm paying my own airfare, my own hotel, uh, and I'm paying for an opener. That's great. Not, they're going to pay for the opening act. That's I can't obligate. I can't speak like the opening act to work for free. Right. And they don't make enough money. And I'm actually getting them paid the right amount of money. That's you a know, great
1: thing to do. I'm doing a tour where I make the clubs pay me more money to perform and it's called it's a stress test on their financial uh, uh you know strength so it's by called way, it's called I want 110 percent of the door
4: by the way Tim <laughs> yeah you're not a, you're you, when someday and this yes. is going to happen not hopefully if it will happen, yes you're you're fucking loaded beyond belief yeah I'm not I'm not Larry David beyond belief but I I've, I've done well you've done well time, that I can go out and say you know what I've, I've, had, I've had the blessings. I had the blessing of, yes, it was stressful, of working both on the Goldbergs and Curb during the pandemic. I was lucky. I got to work during the pandemic and make what I make. Uh, so to me, uh, I, um, I want these clubs to, to really have a nice weekend where they put some money. But the thing is, when I was an opening act, when I was the middle act, and I went on the road. I made, this is back, this is in the um, late 80s, early 90s. I made $600 a week as a no-name opening act for somebody. Now, when you go on the road and they have someone come in and open for you, they're making maybe $50 a show, if right. even that. Right. And so I'm making them pay. They don't have to. They don't have to book me. I'm coming for free. But my opening acts are getting a 1000 because wow. I feel like that's the proper amount that you should be paying. Now I'm not talking about the first act. That well, with me, there's no
1: MC. The feature I pay my features well too. I always give my features extra money. I, well, I yeah, cover their uh, paid, hotel, their fare, airfare, the all that. Thing. Yeah.
4: But when they pay the the feature acts, they're paying them dirt nothing. nothing. They pay them and, nothing. And to me, uh, I made six hundred back then. They should be making like fourteen hundred dollars. They, they mean, don't. They're they, not. They don't. They're making. Half they probably come out of a weekend three to four hundred dollars, and when, I always so give I'm my feature thousands employees. of
1: dollars extra. You know that's always what right. I do Uh, because I want them to live, and we're doing really well now. We're right, and by the yeah. way,
4: that's another thing. When I'm on the road, these are young comics that, well, not all of them are young. These are comics that did make good money during the pandemic, so I want them to get some money too. I want to, it's actually the name of the tour is the Use Me Tour. I because like that. I, I, use me. I'm good. Bill Withers. Yes. Use me.
1: I love it. few more questions. What do you. Whatever you want to ask
4: me. And by the way, you can go anywhere with me.
1: I'm yes. Good. So the Middle East. No, I'm kidding. But no, but it's. I, a I, I, no, I appreciate it. But it, it is fascinating. I'm a political dude. I, I don't talk to too many people that have been on such an amazing show. So it does interest me. Like, that's About genuinely that? great, interesting. Great. great. What yeah. do you feel uh, the future is of specifically comedy because you said there's not a lot of comedy movies and you said there's not a ton of comedy on tv comedy seems people want a lot of people out there want you know a genre blending or they want it to have a little more gravity than it used to they want it to be a dramedy i hate that fucking word but whatever but what do you think the future and you know, not to overstate it, because there's a little bit probably too much made of this, but like people are people are more sensitive now. It is a different world now. Things are changing. What is the future of comedy uh content? Whether it's television, okay. Yeah. So
4: you you brought up something very interesting there. When I was a young comedian, it was all about having the respect of your peers and being great. Right. The audience. And by the way, this is not an insult to the audience. It was about developing, being great, and having your peers go, "What you're doing is great," and you get the audiences left. I remember when I was a young comedian, I would get laughs on things that are embarrassing. You know, my whole of act course. was about cartoons, TV, sex. It was like it was it was like there was no substance to it, but I killed. So it's not about the killing. But here's the here's the way comedy has become like every other mainstream art form. No one ever gave a crap if audiences like you or you became famous. Right now, we're living in a time where when you go to the comedy store, and let's say there's 12 comics on a couple different shows, at least a third of those comics are only there because they're popular, not because they're funny. Uh, Bill Parcells, I saw an interview with him a while back. He was talking about a football player. And he said, this guy plays because he loves football. Football is everything to him. He loves football. Not what football can bring to him. And unfortunately, we've crossed over in comedy where most of it is about becoming famous and what comedy can bring to you. I know myself. I can speak for myself and Larry David because we've had conversations. J.B. Smooth too we do comedy because it's what we do. I have no choice. What else can I do? I might be a good teacher. I might be uh, a good therapist, maybe. I don't know. But I've been wanting to do this since I'm a little boy. Eight years old, I knew I wanted to be a comedian. So it's what I do. I love comedy. I don't do comedy to get a good table in a restaurant. I don't do comedy, although I don't begrudge any, anyone uh, for early in their career to get laid. Like, you know what I mean? I do comedy because it's what I do. And the fact that the audience digs me, I am I am so lucky. And and I combine two things, which is I'm supremely confident in my skills, but I'm also humble for any opportunity. I love being on your show. Yeah, I, I sure. don't think like, oh, this is a get for Tim Dillon. I think, how great I'm gonna be with Tim. Yeah. How much fun. I called you and said Well, I was I was so me. I was really no, honored that you, you liked
1: that. the show, that you were a fan of the show. I was honored because oh, yeah. again, you're part of what I consider the best comedy of the last uh, quarter century, Thank truly. You. And Pamela, and, you know yeah. Pamela
4: Sisson? Of course. So I'm thinking, yeah, Pamela is the Pamela- one who turned me on you. Okay, she yeah, turned yeah, me yeah. On yeah. You. She was the one who said, this guy. She didn't say anything, but like, hey, he's great. Well, and then I did a deep dive, and I'm like, you are so fucking right.
1: I appreciate he's when great. you When you started out, did you start out in New York, or did you start out West Coast? I started
4: South Florida, the comic strip. I started with Brian Regan. In the wow. early '80s, did he go? Um, did he
1: go on to any success? I'm kidding. I know. The, uh, I love yeah.
4: Um, yeah. So that's where I started. And from there, I went to New York, Chicago, back to New York, to L.A., Chicago. I did Second City. Like I did a bunch of stuff, but it was only my journey. I loved it. You know. I, I, yeah. What, to, what do you think mistakes
1: sure. are that people are when people start now? What well, here's the, what I want. Yeah. A,
4: a couple things. I want, just want to finish up the thought about what comedy has. Yes. I frankly think there are a million comedy movies that are going to be coming. Right. Like it's all, it's just of a time. It's just like, we got lazy with this. We didn't do this. We didn't develop this. It's just of this time. It'll all grow. The, the, I'm sorry. Comedy, great comedy has been around since, at least on screen, since the teens, I mean, of the last century, you know, silent movies. Uh, um, There's always where people always want to laugh. But you also have to make a a good comedy. You also have to have have a studio exec or a network exec who goes, you know what you're doing. I'm going to give you suggestions, but you know what you're doing, as opposed to your – I've been in movies before and TV shows where – Creative decisions are made by people who shouldn't be allowed 100 miles from a creative decision. Right. Not that they can't say what they want. And I work with people, and I'll call them pussies, who gave in right away. Right. Oh, that's what you want us to do. I I was on a show where they listened to every network note, and we were canceled after six episodes.
1: Right. It's That's like, what happens. Yeah, you have to fight. Yeah. and you, you have, have to, to fight have them to and fight pick your battles. Your yeah. Yes. What yes, what yes. mistake oh, do you think? It's all gonna happen again. What mistake do you think young people make when they start today?
4: Because they're concerned with social media and fame. Okay. I say use it for what it's worth. Like for example, you have taken what you do and you've used social media to your strengths. Yeah. I think if you want to make short films, put clips up on Instagram or. What's the other one? That uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter, any of them. Twitter. one, yeah. uh, well, not Twitter. Yeah, yeah Twitter. TikTok. But, but I'm saying, so get a YouTube or what's yeah. the other video site? I forget. Um, um, I don't know. TikTok. Uh, uh, Vimeo. Vimeo. You know, I'm saying get a channel on there. Put up your full length 10-minute shorts. But put clips the way, the way a lot of stand-ups do. I don't. I've done it once. And I got the links from... That's why I'm amazed that a guy is successful as, let's say, Jim Gaffigan, who I respect the fuck out of, the best. who I, so I good, just, yeah. I love him as a man, I love him as a comedian, all that. But I look on his Instagram and the fucker's constantly promoting himself in a great way, right? Like in a way of like, how do you have time? Right. Or who who did you hire? Can I hire them? Right. And so I think that the mistake that people are they, that I see young people make is they're very concerned with what comedy brings to them. Uh, I, me, I fall in love and I'm talking male, female, I don't care. I fall completely in love with any comedian that only gives a shit about being funny and becoming better tomorrow than they were today. Anyone who's focused on fame I really, and I could say names and you go really. And I go, yep, that motherfucker. It's about fame. That ain't about, I got to do this. I got to release what's inside of me. Like I could see you. If you, I think if comedically you didn't release who you are, it'd be the equivalent of you not being out.
1: Yeah. It would be a problem.
4: Yeah. They're both, they're not doing either. I right. think they're equal problems. Yes, because you uh, when I watch this when I when you do anything, when you're done I have a piece of you with me. Yes, that's that's what I don't see. Yes, people just want to go up there. They say their funny thing. They like please like me, and then they I've got more followers or I did this and people no, just whatever it is that you bring.
1: Do it up. The At problem the, the-, the problem okay, is right. that so many people right now bring so little. And it's not Oh yet. my God, yes. <laughs> oh
4: my God, yes. It's like, you know, nothing makes me happier. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you a happy. When I sit in the original room and I'm in one of those back chairs and I'm watching Rick Ingram. Yeah. I am so happy. Dude's it's funny. Funny, funny motherfucker. Lying. Yeah. Hey, he can't get arrested because he's just a regular white dude. Right. He doesn't, you know, but fuck, he's great. I watch him so I love settling in that seat. And I want to say to whoever's on stage, take me on a journey. Take me on your journey that only you can bring me on with your point of view. And yes, it's filled with shit. But you know what? Since I started there always you've always had to swim through the shit. Swimming through the shit is the most unbearable aspect of doing what we do because right. there's so much of it and so many people who only give a shit about being famous, you know and that's not the thing. The thing is about being great. If you're great and you put in your work, you will get whatever kind of following you deserve or not even deserve, you'll get some following of substance, you know?
1: Yeah. You will. I, the it's happiest people that I know in this business truly are people who do it on their own terms, whatever that means. By the, the way, yeah.
4: that's what I, here I am. I'm saying, I've been doing this for 39 years. I aspire to do that every day. Right. What can I bring? What can I do?
1: Yeah. That's all. It's and the about people me, that like when, when somebody like you or Susie Aspen walks on, to the set of Curb, they're bringing something. When I go and I watch people at the comedy store uh, go up and do their set, whether it's uh, whoever it happens to be, they're bringing something. Um, you know, I think that that that's the hardest thing to do is to not it's lose so hard. It takes... so hard.
4: Well, by the way, you've heard a million times it takes 10 years yeah, like to become a good comic. The point being is it takes a lot of people 10 years just to be comfortable with who they are on stage. It That's takes a lot of people sometimes
1: day. 10 years to be comfortable who they, who they are off stage.
4: By the way, I would, I would argue longer,
1: longer because yeah.
4: I've been, I'm in a lifetime journey. Sometimes
1: that I look at a comic or I look at a person and I go, you don't know who you are and you've never met yourself. And I think those are the people who, are doing themselves a disservice because, by the way, God forbid you do get famous as uh, a character or a version of yourself who you're not. You have to play this role your entire life. I know a few people that have done that. You get trapped, and it becomes a horror. So well, by the know way, who you are and figure that out before you get big.
4: I'll show you that I'm not as scared to talk about things. crystalia okay? Yeah. crystalia
1: You just froze <laughs>
4: Is there a handbook for being extremely handsome, extremely charismatic, becoming famous, and women of all ages, and I'm not talking about minors, although I'm sure there's some people under 18 who dig him, um, throw themselves at you. Where's the handbook to figure that shit out and not have a big ego and not believe the hype? Right. You know, now he's humble. Now he gets you know i i would see him at the club i, I think they had, the it. only
1: handbook i think is probably the law i mean that's probably the. oh only- <laughs> yes, yeah. well we're talking to underage
4: I, well, yeah that's I the, the only
1: handbook the
2: truth, but i get but it yeah, I, understand but, but, yeah, I understand what you mean i understand what you mean there's
4: no going through this thing is very confusing it's very hard it's very very very, hard, very tough What well, well, the, the best thing one of the best things i ever wrote that's not funny for me was on my Instagram when it describes, I said, comedian of some notoriety, completely true. I can't gauge it. Uh, doing the best I can with the information that I've been given.
1: That's great.
4: Cause that's all you can do. That is all you can do. You learn. And by the way, I've seen people who early on in their success believed the hype and they were kind of assholes and they turned into substantial people. It's called growth. It's called living life, you know? Um, but it's, it's, it's a very hard adventure to go through, the whole thing.
1: It is. Jeff Garland, I, I truly appreciate your time. I, I'm a huge fan of the show. It's one of the shows I look forward to watching. Uh, I think it's probably, again, it's definitely going to go down in history as one of the greatest comedic shows that has ever, you know, been done. And well, uh, I, 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 I yeah, really like that you enjoy some the of the stuff we do on the show. I, I really appreciate that you recognize the humor of it. And By you the like way, it.
4: Can, I really, can I really be honest with you? Yeah. I've, you've never pissed me off, which is a, quite the accomplishment. Wow. For example. I auditioned, uh, wait, uh, what role Michael Michael did I? a
1: Oh, yeah. Michael does make I everyone rapaport. mad. Yeah.
4: No, but I love Michael as a yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. I love him comedically. I love him as an actor. And I love most of his posts. So he put up a post on Instagram recently of this kid who looks just like my younger son on the street doing like rap with his friends. They set the street. Some guy gets out of his car and punches him in the head. And then when you slide over to the second thing, it talks about how that guy got arrested. He's in jail. But I can't un. Unremember or whatever. I can't get out of my head the image of this kid who looks like my younger son getting punched, getting cold. Yes. And I'm like, dude, why are you shocking me? I don't need to be shocked. I need, well, he might be a little lost. And this is with Trump not being in office because he was so good at nailing Trump all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what a lot of people's life
1: was about. Yeah.
4: Well, by the way, it's killing talk shows right now right. because yeah. Yeah. you know uh, Steve Colbert comes out and talks about Trump. It's like we don't care,
1: right? No one cares. We don't
4: want to hear about it. It's true. And certainly the people that love Trump don't want to hear what Steve Colbert is talking about. Right. So it's an audience of no one.
1: I auditioned. What did I audition for on Curb? A realtor, uh, plumber. I auditioned for the role plumber. of a plumber on Curb. Plumber. I didn't get it. Yes. By t- the way, I you tried.
4: You were you by the way, you didn't get it. I'm trying to remember who got it.
1: I did it. Uh, but I did a decent job. I think I did a good job oh, with the audition.
4: No, but you did. Yeah. That's not the point. The point is that uh you could have easily gotten it or not got it. It's all Larry's whim
1: of course. on that shit. Of course. But
4: you were great, wow. and you'll get other things. And hopefully, yeah. if we do another season of Curb that I have you on it. Yeah. Wow. I want to, but I want to do other things with you. Of I, course. I, and I want to see you become. So supremely
1: successful. Wow, that's so sweet.
4: And by the way, I've witnessed since she first pointed you out to me, you going from an unknown comic to holy shit, this fucker's kicking ass. Well, thank you. So we try
1: and we we try to be as funny as we can. And Ben does a great job and we try to do as much as we can. And we're working on a book and we're working on. Yes. We're doing a lot of different things and we hope they're good.
4: But you do this because it's what you do. If me and Ben do weren't doing
1: this, we'd be in a diner doing this. And that's right. the difference. Right. Right. So that's that's where we are. Jeff Garland, you're the best. We really appreciate you coming on. And Jim good John, luck. A
4: joy. A joy. Yes. Thank it, you. It, it, and we will talk to you. So when are you coming back home?
1: I'm, yeah. I, well, the fall. I'm on tour all summer. And then uh-huh. we're going to start looking at places in the fall. And we're, we'll be back home. We we tried Austin, Texas. When but well,
4: Yes, I know. By my, the way, my people, I got to tell you.
1: My, I, I've been uh, I've been quite vocal about my thoughts and feelings on Austin. People can. By Google the way,
4: yeah. I, th- that all made me laugh. I performed in Austin, performed in Austin, yeah, and had a nice time. But that was probably the last time I performed in Austin. Might have been five years ago. Yeah, it is not the scene. It's,
1: it's turning into something else. One every f- once every five years, I think, is good. <laughs> Jeff Garland, hey, thank you so much. I do. We'll do a dinner. We'll do I'm a due. dinner thank when you. I get when I'm. I'll be there oh, over yes. the summer. We'll we'll do a dinner. Yeah.
4: I'll be here too. All Enjoy right, brother. Your good looks. Thanks so much. Next. Thanks for everything. Right Bye.